Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hello, America, and happy Wednesday. We've got a great show for you. It has a lot of different components. There is a major bill, the signature bill of the House Republican agenda this year. It's called HR1. Its goal is to reduce energy costs for Americans, but it also reduces carbon emissions. It expands opportunities. It lessens the regulatory process that some that have not only clogged up oil and gas projects, but now some of Joe Biden's own clean energy projects. There's a lot of Democrats rallying around that. That's going to go to a House floor vote later tomorrow. And Republicans are expected to pass their H.R. 1, their very first legislative bill that they introduced. They've passed a lot more legislation since then, but this is their signature bill. They spent a lot of time trying to turn the clean energy arguments around on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the Democrats. They've offered a really comprehensive alternative to the Green New Deal One that they say lowers energy costs, lowers carbon emissions, and improves national security. And tonight, if you tune into the Just the News, No Noise television show on Real America's Voice, you'll see Kevin McCarthy talk about that. We're going to take that whole episode and play it on the podcast later this week, Friday, I think, so you can really hear what the... Republicans are doing and how they've suddenly engaged on a climate debate that for two decades they ignored. They now know that they got to have a plan, a credible alternative for young voters. You'll hear John McLaughlin talk about that on the plan. Well, we adapt the television show to the podcast later this week. But as HR1 goes through, we've got some other big news. The Oil and Natural Gas Association, U.S. Oil and Natural Gas Association, headed by our good friend Tim Stewart, they launched a campaign today. It's a big deal to rally Americans to fight the Biden administration's plans to attack gas stoves and gas furnaces and gas dryers and maybe even your gas grills on your back deck. The Biden administration has multiple initiatives designed to do this. And also, it's happening in cities like San Francisco and in states like New York, where they're outlawing future installations of gas appliances in new homes. This is a major attack on one of the most popular ways for Americans to cook, one of the most popular ways for Americans to grill out, one of the most popular ways for Americans to heat their home. Well, you're going to hear in this show in just a little bit, Tim Stewart, 
the president of the U.S. Oil and Natural Gas Association, say, we've got a counteroffensive we're launching. Handsoffmystove.com. Handsoffmystove.com. We're going to get to that in the second part of the show. You won't want to miss that. But first, we're going to start today's debate with Congressman Troy Nels. He has been one of the most important voices on the border in Texas and all that is going on with national security there. He has been one of the most deepest critics of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who yesterday took a verbal lashing from Ted Cruz and other senators. Uh, Well, Troy Nels was first to call out Mayorkas for misleading the American people, first about the alleged whipping of migrants, which didn't happen by our Border Patrol, and then for the repeated false claims that the border was secure when, in fact, all of the evidence says it isn't and that his own Border Patrol chief says it isn't. Uh, remember that testimony a couple of weeks ago we played right here on the show. Troy Nell's going to jump into that, but he's also going to kick us off on some very important legislation to raise the compensation for our military's greatest heroes, those who get some of its most elite awards for heroism, the Medal of Honor recipients. There aren't many of them alive. There aren't many that ever get the award. They get a paltry sum for their heroism. He wants to improve their pensions. He spent the weekend with some of the greatest Medal of Honor winners still with us in this country, and he's got some bipartisan support. He's going to talk to us about that. We'll also talk about cancel culture, censorship, what happened to Matt Taibbi. The journalist who testified at the censorship hearing last week comes home to find a IRS agent was visiting him while his home while he was testifying to Congress. Chilling message uh, many people believe was sent there. So we have so much to talk about today. And we're going to start that off with Congressman Troy Nels from the great state of Texas. Also, January 6th, we had that really powerful story about what the District of Columbia Metro Police were seeing and saying. We're going to ask Congressman Nels about that. So we got a great show planned for you. When you got that many good guests, you know what? You get right to it. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to kick off the show with Congressman Troy Nels right after this. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, 
committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. I'm always excited when I have this next guest on the show. We always get news. We always get common sense. And we get some action. Congressman Troy Nels gets things done. He isn't just a guy that gives a soundbite. He's out there making a difference. He had a remarkable op-ed that caught my attention the other day. And we are so lucky to be joined by him right now. Congressman, great to have you back on the show. John, good to be with you. Hello, listeners out there. You're with a great American, John Solomon. Oh, you're very kind, sir. Well, I'll tell you what. I read this op-ed and I said, there's no way, no way that America could be this far off. We are. Tell us what we've been doing to our Medal of Honor recipients and what you're going to do to fix it. Well, first off, I've introduced the Medal of Honor Act and and the American people need to understand that obviously it's the highest uh, distinction, the highest medal that you can receive uh, for heroism, for courage for gallantry, uh, the, these guys uh, are gallantry. These guys, uh, they're, they're, there's only 64 of them alive today. There's only been 3,500 Medal of Honor recipients, uh, and it, it goes back uh, well over 100 years. So they, we found out, I, it was brought to my attention, that the Medal of Honor recipients that we have today receive $1,400 a month. That's it. It's less than $18,000 a year, and, and some of these guys, especially the, the, the Medal of Honor recipients that we have from Iraq and Afghanistan, are struggling financially. You know, you get the military, they task these guys to, to go out there and help with recruiting events and, and help with retention, and, they, and they, they, they're their poster child. These guys are Medal of Honor recipients. These guys are heroes. And I said, this is stupid. We've got we to do better. We got to do better. And so I, I'm trying to uh, put a little bit more meat on their sandwich, so to speak, and increase their pensions. Well, what a great idea. And what a missed opportunity for our Pentagon not to realize how we're shortchanging some of our greatest heroes in this country. And it seems to be such a larger theme because this sort of neglect, this sort of taking for granted the amazing American heroes, it carries into the VA system where I know you've done an awful lot of work. But there was a great line in your op-ed. It just caught, and it's been rattling in my head for the last two days because it's so true. And it's just a simple statement that says so much. They did their part. Now let's do ours. And what a, what a great way to summarize why everybody should get behind the Medal of Honor Act. You've got a Democratic co-sponsor, right? So you bipartisanship here. Oh, that's right. Chris Pappas, a uh, uh, guy, obviously, he, he's great. He jumped on this thing with me right away. We're going to drive this thing. Uh, we're going to take it through the end zone, through the end zone. We're going to win this thing and get it passed in the House. And, and I would ask that any, anybody that's listening, you're, 
to reach out to their their representative and say, jump on this as a co-sponsor because it's the right thing to do. Many of these guys, John, I, I, they were up here this weekend. I met 19 of them. 19 of them were up here with the Medal of Honor Society in D.C. over the weekend, had an opportunity to engage with them. And you just want to talk about, hum, I mean, they're very humble people. These guys are, I mean, they wear that medal, and, and they want to call me, sir. I say, oh, 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 my name is Troy. I'll call you, sir. I mean, you know, you, my hairs are standing on my arms when you're in a group photo with 19 of these guys. What an amazing thing. We're going to post that photo because we saw it on social media. It is an amazing thing. And you're giving them a voice because I think we've just taken these extraordinary heroes for granted. And not by intention or intentional side, but we did. And you going to bat for them. I, I could, you could see the smiles on their faces. This was a real moment. And what a great way to say thank you one more time to some of the uh, most amazing American heroes this country has ever, ever produced. We're going to follow that legislation to its very end until it's passed and it becomes law. So we're, we're excited about that. You have a way of getting ahead of the story and, and people catch up to you. I think on January 6th, your extraordinary book today is even more validated and more certain than ever before. The big fraud, what Democrats don't want you to know about January 6th of the 2020 election and a whole lot else. Great moment over the last couple of days. We've been working with Congressman Laudermilk, one of your great colleagues, and he has uh, through us and then through a, a press conference yesterday, he put out all the evidence showing that the January 6th committee had witness testimony, video security footage, and information from federal prosecutors for weeks showing that Loudermilk didn't do a reconnaissance tour. There was no such thing. And then they went ahead, Liz Cheney and Benny Thompson wrote a letter and accused them anyway, even knowing that what they were insinuating and accusing him of was downright false. You warned us that there were a lot of things in the January 6th committee that way. But to see this evidence out there now, should there be some punishment for the members of Congress who allowed their official powers to be used to smear someone knowingly false? Well, that's uh, that's what this entire uh, sham committee was designed and, and, and it was to do. I mean, when Nancy Pelosi rejected the five of us that Leader McCarthy selected to be on this select committee, uh, you know, the majority got a certain number of people in the minority. We were the minority. So Kevin McCarthy had five selections and Jim Jordan, Jim Banks, myself, Kelly Armstrong and Roddy Davis. We were the five. And then Nancy rejected a couple of them because Nancy didn't like them. And, and, but, and, and, and the whole point there was is Nancy didn't want us to, to go against their narrative. You know, they were going to present a certain amount of evidence. They were going to try to blame Trump. We knew this was all about Trump. And then there we would be. We would be there on that committee just refuting all their lies uh, and the misinformation. So what she did, she said, well, I'll make it bipartisan and I'll put Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. That's not bipartisan. That you just kept it the same. That's a sham committee. So yeah, this is this is important. I think uh, for Leader McCarthy, and and I think he did a good job with with allowing Tucker to to have access to some of the the thousands of hours of video footage. But we shouldn't stop there. I mean, there's no way, John, we should stop there. We should continue to look at January sixth. Look at the injustices that have been done. Look at the the individuals in the D.C. jail that have been there. These these prisoners, the political prisoners, and, and, and continue to peel back the onion because it was all about Donald Trump. They wanted to destroy this committee, Nancy Pelosi, Benny Thompson. They wanted to destroy Donald Trump. We can't allow that to happen. And the American people deserve to hear truth.
So yesterday, there was an extraordinary exchange in the Senate, sir. Ted Cruz, John Cornyn, other senators really telling Mayorkas, do the right thing, step down, or you should be fired. I remember the first person who said that to me. It was very early in the Biden administration. It was you on one of my early podcasts. It seems as though the rest of the country has caught up to the notion that Mayorkas has lied. He lied about the whipping incident that wasn't a whipping incident. He's lied about the border being secure when we know it's not. He's lied about the terrorists coming across the border. We know the numbers are in the hundreds now. Do you think the momentum is building to push this guy out of his job? I don't know. I mean, I was one that said that he needs to, you know, we could impeach this guy. We got to get him out of there because he is lying to the American people. He's the one that's carrying the water for Joe Biden and his administration with their with their ridiculous uh, border policies. And and, and it's shameful. But I thought uh, that the Senate yesterday did a good job exposing him for who he truly is. And he will lie. He will lie. And he, he is this position he's in is he's not deserving of it. Um, and, and what he has done is he is he is destroying this country, if not destroyed it, with trying to go out there and let the American people know that there's no issues at the southern border. And if there are any issues at the southern border, it was Donald Trump's fault. It's that guy that had him in the cages and everything. Mayorkas, you're a disgrace to this country. Yeah, well, he's getting his just dessert a lot more now. I think so many more people have rallied around you. Like I said, you were the first person I brought on the show to say, this guy's just not giving us the truth. I've listened to him a few times and it ain't true. I'm down at the border, I know. And I think the rest of the country is catching up to where you were. I want to ask about, because we mentioned earlier, just a little bit ago, the bipartisan effort that Chris Pappas is joining you in, the Medal of Honor Act, which is such a great act of bipartisanship. There's been a lot of Democrats, now that Nancy Pelosi's thumbs off of them, at least crossing over on issues of national security, particularly TikTok and things like that. Does it feel good that Democrats are now realizing that the China threat is real and that they're willing to work a little bit with Republicans on this to get some real solutions? I think it's fantastic because, you know, China has now been exposed and we know why China has has cozied up to the United States because the Biden administration is in bed with China. They are beholden to China. The TikTok. I mean, come on now, John. Look at, at TikTok and look at what that has done and how that has infiltrated not only our, our, our government devices, but it's now infiltrated the homes of over 150 Americans. 75 million Americans that are using it are teenagers. And so that not only are they gathering data on all of our kids and the algorithms, but they obviously they want to gather information on, you know, Congress personnel, federal employees, state employees, journalists that we exposed the other day. So TikTok is not good for this country, John, and we have to ban it. It's got to be banned. What, what the hell are we doing? What are we doing, John? Ban it. It doesn't make any sense. And yet for two years, we were told that was all an illusion. Now we know it never was. One person that's banned it. John, I need you to, though, I need you to promote my Ameritoc. Did you hear about Ameritoc? Yes, I did. Yeah, tell us. Uh, tell. Yep. And, and we're going to send this over to China. Xi Jinping, I'm going to present it to you, buddy. And it's our my Ameritoc is going to talk about individual freedoms individual gun ownership, land ownership. I want to buy some acres over there in China and I want to, and, and, and premium cigar smoking. Do you think he will allow me to bring that Heck propaganda no. that America? No, he's not going to. Why are we allowing it here, John? Why are we allowing it here? 
it made no sense in the early attacks on this was, oh, you're xenophobic. No, you're not. We're nationally security minded. And when the FBI and our best experts in the Homeland Security, told, this is a threat, we should have reacted to it. Republicans did. Democrats delayed a long time, but they have flipped around now. But I wanted to point out one Democrat who I think typifies sometimes a have it both way. We have a story in the site today. So Michigan has banned TikTok. It got on the bandwagon, banned TikTok from all state devices. But guess who gave herself an exemption so she can stay on TikTok? Governor Gretchen Whitman. I've but you're not too surprised by that, huh? No, I don't even know how she won that election. There had to be some irregularities up there. How could the Michiganders, I mean, good people up there, keep her in office? That she's she's a she's a little crazy up there, and I I, I don't understand it all. But yeah, uh, it it applies to everybody else but me. That's what we do up in Congress too. All these rules, these laws, these regulations applies to everybody else but us up here. And so it's got to stop. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me, John. But remember, who was who was the guy out there that first brought up the ban? The TikTok said we got to get rid of it. It's no good. The greatest president in my lifetime, Donald J. Trump. And he was demonized for it for like months. There was a great moment last November where Mark Warner, the Democratic Intelligence Committee, said, "I have to admit it, it kills me." But President Trump was right about TikTok, and that was the sort of the watershed moment where Democrats started to flip around. But for two years, he was he was demonized for just trying to tell the American public about a real security flaw, a real security vulnerability. It's remarkable. So I know how busy you are. I want to just ask you about one more thing, because you are one of the most articulate people when it comes to speaking out against the weaponization of government. An extraordinary moment divulged by the Judiciary Committee just a couple days ago. Matt Taibbi has the courage as a journalist, by the way, I think a liberal journalist, but he comes up, he testifies about what he saw in the Twitter files, and he comes home to find a note from an IRS agent that visited him while he was testifying, saying, hey, we might need you to be investigating your reaction to what the IRS did to Taibbi and what will Congress do to make sure they get to the bottom of that? I think we have a great chairman with Jim Jordan. Obviously, Jim Jordan has made a commitment to all of us on the Judiciary Committee. I love that committee. I think it's great. It's about having investigations and holding this this leadership, the Biden administration accountable. He has taken these alphabet organizations, the FBI, the DOJ, IRS, he has weaponized them to go after the American people that have a dissenting point of view. They don't necessarily agree with this administration. So what we will do, we will go out there and try to destroy them, destroy their families. We will try to silence them with big tech. And, 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 and it's shameful what this administration has done with the really, quite honestly, you think about the FBI, that was the most well-respected law enforcement organization on the globe. And now look at them. They're, in my opinion, people look at the FBI today, they would have a lower approval rating than Sleepy Joe. And that's in the dirt. And that's in the dirt. But it's shameful. Christopher Ray, uh, uh, Garland, you have to eliminate the top. It's not the men and women. It's not the working men and women in the FBI. It's the administration. It's the leadership. Got to get rid of them. Well, you know that because you are a lawman yourself as a sheriff, and you know what it takes to run a law enforcement agency the right way. And I think right now a lot of people are saying, that's not the way I want to see my FBI and IRS run. Congressman, it is always an honor to have you on. I go back and read your book often because it's like every day something else comes out and goes, oh, that's true, too. That's true, too. That's true, too. What a great public service that book was, and what a great opportunity to have you on the show today. I just want to say thank you. 
Thank you, Jen, John. God bless you. and God bless all your listeners. Uh, thank you, sir. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, hands off my stove. I'm not yelling. That's actually the name of a campaign that the U.S. Oil and Natural Gas Association just created. Tim Stewart, it just launched today, handsoffmystove.com. Tim Stewart's here to tell us what it's about, what you can do, how you can join it to protect your gas stove in your kitchen, your gas grill on your back porch, your gas dryer in your laundry room, and all the other gas appliances that are coming under increasing assault including in New York State, where there's a statewide ban on new installations, new home installations of gas appliances, San Francisco, where there are outright bans. Tim Stewart's going to bring us up to speed and what you can do about it. Just keep that little moniker in your mind today. Handsoffmystove.com. We'll explain more of that later. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. All right, folks, you remember if you were watching the TV show last week, we had our next guest on, and he teased a big upcoming moment. Tim Stewart, the president of the Oil, U.S. Oil and Gas Association, said there was going to be a campaign launching to protect your gas stove, protect your gas grill from the long reaches of the Biden administration, who are trying to reach into your kitchen, reach into your back porch, and take away one of your private appliances. Well, as he always does, Tim Stewart has delivered. Launching in the last few hours is a brand new website called Hands Off My Stove. I like that. Well, Tim's here to tell us a little bit about what it is, what it's going to do, and how you can get involved in a fight. Tim, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. John, thanks for having me. This is this is uh, an exciting time. We're, we're, we're pretty jazzed about what's going to happen here. 
We are too. This is such an important issue. And I, I think if you told people six months ago, hey, Joe Biden's going to be coming for gas stuff, like, oh, come on, you're making it up. No way. And then they, they tried it and then they denied it and then they tried it again. This is a very real threat to the future of some of America's favorite appliances and some of America's favorite energy sources. And it seems like it's not only happening at the federal level, a lot of states are doing it too, right? New York just jumped into the game. This is a real movement on the left, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like we talked last week. This is a massive invasion of our personal space, and it's got to end here. And I really appreciate giving the audience last week to talk about this. But to your point, John, it is a three-pronged approach they're coming after. It's an attack they're coming after. What we see in the high profile as well, the federal agency is going to regulate out of existence a consumer product, you know, and that's what you hear from the Department of Energy or the, or the Consumer Product Safety Commission. But you're also seeing state legislat- legislatures like New York or Minnesota trying to legislate any future opportunities to use natural gas to keep ourselves warm or to cook. And the real threat, frankly, to the local municipality level where where city councils are, are, are outlining new natural gas hookups. San Francisco just in the last couple of weeks, right? Exactly, exactly. And so to your point, you know, the industry, it's we, we've been a little bit asleep at the wheel. You know, there's an old saying that goes, I want to die like my grandfather peacefully in his sleep and not screaming like the other passengers in the car. And, you know, and I'm afraid that many in the industry were asleep and they're paying attention. And now there's a lot of people screaming, trying to wake them up. And so, look, I, I will admit, honestly, my industry is historically bad at managing an interesting message. I look at the hundreds of millions of dollars we spend each year, and then much of it is about as engaging as watching, you know, in those 1963 sex ed movies in seventh grade health class. You know, there's potential, but it falls way, way short of anyone's expectation. So, you know, we've been historically boring, and we've rarely moved the needle unless somebody else is doing it for us. And kind of like last year in gasoline prices, what the administration did as much to provide us with a winning message as our own efforts. This gas stove issue, I think, is that same landscape. They've created this crisis. Now people are really, really pissed off. So I think it's time to mobilize. And I think we've got some great opportunities ahead of us. All right. Well, I went to the site this morning as soon as it went live. Well, by the way, it has a wonderful logo. It's got that classic fun logo of call to action. Hands off my stove. Tell us if someone goes to this site handsoffmystove.com, what they're going to do. What's the call to action? What should they do to protect their stove and join in your fight to make sure that we can all cook on gas in the stove and on the back porch this summer? Yeah, excellent. I appreciate that. You know, this is all about yours and my ability to make our own choice. And I don't care if the way I prepare my dinner makes somebody else sad, you know, and it's none of their damn business, to be honest with you, and they have no right to take that away from me. So we're taking that approach. And when you go to handsoffmystove.com, uh, really, it's designed to be a grassroots organization, a, a grassroots uh, affiliation of people who are sharing like-minded. And to be honest with you, um, this can't be the industry seeding of funding this. It's got to be people who are willing to put some, some money in the game. So we're asking people, look, is it worth it to you for a dollar a month to be able to tweak that purple streak haired Patagonia jacket wearing Tesla driving virtue signaling city councilwoman somewhere else. So, <laughs> you did that all or, in one breath. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I'm on a roll, man. You put a quarter in me. Or or you know, the the soy boy mayor in some far off city and I think I think it's worth it to me. Spend a buck a month, you know, twelve dollar donation. But to but to your point, you know, what do you get for that? Okay. And uh, this is what we're asking. Um, like I say, it can't, it can't be industry funding this because it then becomes AstroTurf and it's waved off. It needs to be driven by that mommy blogger in Utah or the restaurant owner in Iowa or the HVAC installer in Virginia. 
I think what we can do here is we can help everybody get started, but eventually they have to take it from there. So the website's simple, handsoffmystove.com. You're not paying for a website. You're going to look at it and go, yeah, I'm not paying for a website, that's for sure. But you're paying to proverbially punch that hippie, so to speak, who thinks they know what's good for you. And so the hands-offers, that's what we should probably call them, the hands-offers, the people who join, what they'll get, John, is they'll get one communication a week. That's it. It's designed to be intentionally grassroots. And so you'll look at it and say, okay, well, um, what are I going to get from this? Well, what we've done is we've gone out and we found some, one of the best campaign minds around it, somebody who has, over the last three election cycles, successfully won campaigns in the most purple of all states. And the great news is they've got some experience in our industry. So we're combining our talents, and the handsoffmystove.com uh, is going to coordinate that on message. And so, look, I'll be honest with you. What we need is this. Um, you're going to get you're gonna once a week, but these guys, the hands-offers will get a short email message, and it will be short enough to read on your phone, 20 seconds or less. It'll tell you what happened. It'll tell you what you can do about it. It's going to be something primarily funny or snarky that you can share on social media and suggestions where you need to take action or you can take action. And for your troubles, we'll include something for the, each week. Because after all, we're not communists and we're not liberals, right? We're going to give something for your time. So it might be an offer. It might be a coupon. It might be a recipe. It might be a meme that you can share and, and tick off your, your liberal neighbors. But the reality is, is people will be, have, be able to understand that this is digitally across the country. We're going, to, we're going to be able to get right down to those local city council members, and we're going to be able to punch back at them. And it's an exciting thing to do. But I think, you know, to be honest with John, we need – we need your listeners to join up if we could. I, I need the first 20,000 or 30,000 people to come from your audience. You've got smart and engaged and thoughtful people who recognize this real threat. And, you know, and if they're willing to take a chance with us, we can help them punch back. And I think that's what we're trying to do here. Well, it's fun to be part of a, a club of rebels because that's really what this is. I mean, everyone in the mainstream media, everyone in official Washington, they're going along with us like, oh, I guess we just have to give up our stove. And the answer is, heck no, we're not giving up our stove. Have you ever tried cooking on an electric stove? And again, I'm not trying to pick on electric stoves, but there's something special about the way a gas stove cooks. And there's certainly something about the way a gas grill, which I'm allowed to use on my porch. My wife doesn't let me in the kitchen anymore, but on the porch, I'm the, I'm the king of the cooking there. And they're not taking that away. And so you, when you join this club, you're kind of like a bunch of rebels. You're, we're all banding together to, to save something that it's endemic to our experience. I mean, we love gas stoves. It's just crazy. No, it really is. And again, it's it's not just about gas stoves. It's about choice. And it's about somebody else telling me what you and I can and can't do because they think they know better than you and I. And it really comes, if we don't stop here, where do we stop? You know, where where else does this go? And, you know, they'll, they'll go to stoves, they'll go to furnaces, go to water heaters, and, and your Aunt Laura will not be able to get a new furnace when it goes out because she's got a gas hookup and she's got to go buy something else. It's about somebody else making a choice on our behalf, and I think that's what really ticks people off. And so that's what we're trying to do is, is to give them at least, the, like I say, the ability to kind of um, digitally punch back and, uh, and feel like they're, they're doing something. So we hope that we can, we can get some traction here. Yeah, no, I think they will. You get this once a month communication. You're going to keep up to date on all the progress that's being made to push back on all of these initiatives that are putting our stoves and our 
gas grills and other appliances at risk. Because recently we learned that they're looking at gas dryers. I mean, they're looking at everything. And for someone who has a home, if they take these away and your, your next stove isn't available, you're talking about retrofitting your home. It isn't just like, well, I'll go buy a, an electric uh, dryer, electric. You have to retrofit your home if you're doing a furnace. You got to change the air ducts. This would impose enormous expense on people whenever this alleged conversion is going to occur. So people, I think, have to really look at the long lens of what the personal cost is to this. It's not only a loss of freedom, but the next time you go, you might have to retrofit a part of your house, which ain't going to be that exciting. We have this up and running. People can go right now to handsoffmystove.com and get get set up. We're going to do something special. Anyone that does this, we have an energy newsletter at Just the News. Anyone who wants to get that, we'll add that into this so people can stay up on all the breaking headlines that Just the News has. Down the road, what would you imagine the Hands Off My Stove team, because we'll all be a team in this, what will they be accomplishing? What are some of the goals to accomplish between now and the next year? Well, that's a great question. And I think probably the closest corollary is to uh, the ESG issue, you know, the Environmental Sustainable Guidelines. Because about 12, 18 months ago, nobody was paying any attention. And yet it is incredibly problematic, and we've seen that, where it, where it has coalesced around the fact that it's causing, it's losing billions of dollars uh, because of a, a sort of a feel-good virtue signaling approach to investing. And what happened, John, was about a year ago, a few of us sort of really stuck our necks out and said, you've got to stop doing this. And we went after, frankly, Sarah Bloom Raskin, who was one of the Fed nominees, and she was very good, if you recall. And frankly, my neck was stuck so far out that, that uh, it would have been a slight shave would have, would have severed that. But you know what? It caught people's attention, and ultimately she had to withdraw her nomination. And all of a sudden people started to say, wait a minute, what's going on? I think the same, the same model fits here, which is we need you know several thousand grassroots people going, stop this, just stop this. And I think it's really – you and I think I would view this as we're seeding we're the, the opportunity for, some, for others to really kind of take it and run with it. And that's what I would like to have happen. Again, it's a grassroots movement. So I'm excited, and I think we've got some potential ahead of us to really, to really kind of put this thing back inside the, 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 the dark reaches of the cave where it belongs. You know, let's go push these people back to where they, where they belong. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll have more with Tim Stewart right after this. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, folks, we're going to rejoin the conversation with Tim Stewart from the U.S. Oil and Natural Gas Association. 
I was in, we had to get a new refrigerator, a refrigerator went kaput. So we're in one of the appliance stores uh, uh, two weekends ago. And there was a couple down from us. They were looking at us. So I was like, honey, we better get our gas stove. No, it might be the last one we get. This is really becoming personal to people. And you can see that, you know, this is not sitting well with the American public writ large. And I think that you're, you're going to give people an opportunity to really voice that frustration in a way that actually tells government, hey, do something different. Go do something smarter. I want to ask you about one of the great disconnects behind this movement that the left has started in San Francisco, in New York State, in Washington, D.C., and in the consumer protection agencies. You look at the last decade, and America's made more progress in carbon reductions than really any other country in the world, developed or undeveloped, and two-thirds of that reduction comes from the conversion to natural gas from power plants and appliances. Why would we get rid of the one thing that's actually the most effective thing in bringing down carbon emissions, which is what the left says they're trying to do with all these initiatives? It seems like they're shooting their own foot, right? It really does. You know, natural gas conversion from coal to natural gas is responsible for about 65% of the reductions in emissions in the United States. The U.S. has done far better than Europe has. But for, for again, this, this becomes sort of... Um, for want of a better word, a a theological or doctrinal approach from the left, okay? It is not not necessarily the result, but it is who is the enemy. And for decades now, they have identified oil and gas as their enemy. And regardless of uh, whether or not we can do good things, we have to be done away with. And so this is is an approach here. Um, Again, the, the DOE studies themselves show that there's such a marginally minimalized uh, approach in either savings for the consumer and or reductions in emissions. This really becomes just more than anything. It is how do we cut off, how do we cut off access and future demand? And that's why you see the local municipalities, the state level that legislators doing what they're doing versus the consumer product approach that DOE is doing is the oil and gas industry, fossil fuels are the enemy and cause of all the problems in their mind. And we must be done away with. And the fact of the matter is, is we keep people fed, we keep them warm, we keep them moving around, and they hate that thought. We have a show tonight where we spend a good part, almost 25 minutes with Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and it's all about HR1. And I want to turn to that in a second because I know that's so important, not only to your industry, but to the future of American energy, economic, and national security. But he said something that's really fascinating. He, he took on his home state governor, Gavin Newsom, and said, listen, Gavin Newsom talks this green talk, right? But you want to know something really crazy? His crackdown on refineries and energy has caused California to be the largest state in America to use Russian imports. And by the way, Russian energy imports are way dirtier than American imports. And he really just put it on the line about how silly some of the California initiatives. Of course, California is the gold standard for all the left in Washington who want to bring those policies to the rest of the country. But California actually is playing into a dirtier energy picture while having the rhetoric of something very different. Kevin McCarthy calls that out. Your thoughts on not only that irony that he picked up, but also the importance of HR1, which seems to put this debate back on more common sense ground. Right. You know, I appreciate asking that. And I think the speaker's absolutely correct. You know, California just uh, in the last couple of days passed a, a bill to target oil companies with a windfall profits penalty law. And, you know, he, I, if I recall, the governor said, we've proven we're going to beat big oil now. And the fact of the matter is, is, is what they've done is they have just uh, increased costs for low and moderate income families in California. Um, not every lower moderate income family drives an electric vehicle. They, they drive their trucks to work and things like that. And so the governor 
in his effort to strike back at big oil is actually hurting the vast majority of his constituency. I think it's too early to tell what the impact will be on, on his approach, but I think, look, when you, when you can learn from recent past, when you combine an oppressive regulatory environment with desperate cash grabs like the governor did, you know, look, he's got a 20, he got a $20 billion deficit all of a sudden, let's, let's blame big oil for that. Companies have a reason to leave. You can look at HP, you can look at Tesla, you can look at Oracle. I think there have been 150 other companies that moved their headquarters out of California because of that regulatory environment. And I'm, I wouldn't surprise me if some of the refiners in California, where it, which is such a special blend for a unique market, look at it and go, it's just not worth us being here. So it, all you need is one or two refineries to, rather than, than shut down and upgrade, to just shut down and be gone. And all of a sudden, your supply constraint becomes even more and more difficult. Oh, you think $5 gas prices are bad. Imagine what happens when that occurs. Yeah. And so good luck in refining your Russian oil that you keep importing, you know, or your... so. Yeah, it's frustrating. California is such a unique animal out there that the rest of the industry is, you know, we, we feel for our brothers and sisters out there who are trying to manage that regulatory environment. It's horrible. It is, but it really is the model for what the liberal members of the Democratic Party in Washington are trying to pose on the country, right? The San Francisco idea is now the Washington idea, the squeezing refineries definitely in Washington. I found this really fascinating statistic. It was actually in an LA Times story just a few months ago, but it really caught my attention as I was thinking about California. So California's population has grown since 1986 by about 230%. But its oil production, as its population has grown up, has gone down 70% since 1986. So it produces less and less oil for more and more people. And so they're taking it from places like Russia. And you go, what the heck are they doing? They're cutting their nose off. That's a real dynamic. And it's sort of the dynamic that Washington wants to create for every state in the country, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's interesting because they're sitting on hundreds of billions of dollars of potential uh, oil product, you know, oil resource in the Monterey Shale, for example. I mean, hundreds of billions of barrels of resources there. And um, that they just, again, it's that philosophical sort of religious, quasi-religious approach that uh, we must not dabble in such evil things. You know, the other interesting thing about that bill they signed, um, again, this is California, is if I recall, the, the state will be able to take control of refinery maintenance schedules and manage operations, okay? Um, you know, the last... The last entity to do that did such a you know, great job. That was Venezuela. You know, when, when the Marxists came in, they took over what was a very robust industry and put state-appointed operators in there to make operational decisions, and that, that industry collapsed. So, you know, you're absolutely right. There's plenty of resource. They're producing less and less, and they just put another overlay of regulatory uh, uh, expectations there. It's just going to be even more and more difficult for them. It's just extraordinary. It is a mind-boggling thing to watch. H.R. 1 is a big moment. It's one of the big promises uh, that the House Republicans, upon taking office, made. In fact, you make a statement when you pick your first legislation to be H.R. 1. That's like your signature legislation. It looks like it will pass tomorrow night, by all accounts. It looks like they have the votes. Why is this such a disruptive legislation to kind of change the arc of the last three, four, five years of energy policy? Well, that's a great question because, you know, and I think you and I talked about this. For the last 50 years, the environmental community has used NEPA as that hammer, that blunt instrument to kill projects that they hate. And those projects are always in the energy sector, always in the transportation sector. And they build up this 50 years of case law fighting fossil energy projects to force us to get to renewable projects. Well, now those renewable projects are coming online, and those renewable projects are now subject to the exact same case law. 
And so this bill is so important because it streamlines that NEPA process, not just for oil and gas, but also for renewable projects. So you can cite transmission lines, you can cite uh, wind projects and solar projects in a timely manner. It brings sanity back to the timelines. And so it's good for everybody. It's not everything that we would want. Frankly, it's not anything that anybody else would want, but it's what we all need. So that's why I'm encouraged about it. I would just hope that, that uh, the Senate doesn't become the graveyard for good ideas for this bill like it is on everything else. Yeah. It was an interesting dynamic. And you you educated me on this. And I was I didn't realize I went back and looked like, oh, my God, it really is. So the permitting reform is something that's very important. Joe Manchin thought he had a deal with Joe Biden. His own party kind of stiffed him on it last year. But there are really prominent left Democrats, people like John Podesta and others who are saying, listen, we do have to do permitting reform because we can't even get our clean energy permits through the system that Joe Biden Biden has set up, and we may waste a lot of the money that we were investing in our our own pet projects. This is the first time that Democrats maybe have felt the pain of their own permitting system. Does that get, create an opportunity to maybe get a bipartisan deal, at least on permitting reform? I, I think so. I mean, we're encouraged. You know, this is the old Baptist and bootleggers coalition concept. Uh, That's right. The farmer, and the, the farmer and the rancher can be friends. Look, we can be friends with our renewable uh, partners because we're creating energy and it's an all of the above and more of the above approach. More of all of the above approach, I guess, is how we ought to call it. So, yeah, I think we're encouraged. Um, again, uh, this becomes a, a situation, though, where where um, the opportunists will try and kill it just because that's how they when you're in the when you're in the outrage industry or you your 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 industry uh, your advocacy industry relies on on manufactured outrage, it wouldn't surprise me if some of the green groups jump up against this one. So we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. That's amazing. John Podesta is really the face of the green movement. He started it at the Center for Responsive Politics. If he's saying there's a problem, you'd think they might pay attention. It is an amazing thing, and sometimes it's the reality checks that wake up people from their extremism. Hopefully that is one of these moments. All right, folks, one more time before we let Tim go, you have to check out this website. It is an extraordinary opportunity to actually take a little bit of steak in your own kitchen and your own gas grill on the back deck handsoffmystove.com handsoffmystove.com go there today sign up it's cheaper than a hamburger dinner at a restaurant and you're going to get a whole year worth of updates and advocacy on your behalf to protect two of your favorite appliances in your home each day so tim thank you for not only joining us and explaining this but also for doing this i think a lot of people like that couple i met in the appliance store a couple weeks ago they've been so frustrated but they felt powerless all of a sudden you're not so powerless you join in grass Grassroots movements have changed a lot of things in the last few years, including school boards and school policies. And as you mentioned, the ESG investment movement. I have a funny feeling we're going to, with your help, change this move to steal our stoves and our grass scales and God knows what other appliances are going to take just by getting so many people banded together. And I want to thank you in the beginning of this for setting that in motion. I'll appreciate it. And look, again, John, you, you're, you're an instrumental in this, and I really, really appreciate giving the opportunity to talk about it. Uh, your listeners are smart people, and look forward to, to working with them on this. And really appreciate your opportunity to, to, to speak with you on this. It's a great honor, and we're going to follow this month by month and chronicle it, because I have a funny feeling it's the next big grassroots movement in America, and uh, nothing more personal than having Uncle Sam in your, your kitchen without your permission. So we're going to watch that every day and get back, and we'll probably need you back on next week to referee what happened with HR1. So, Tim, we'll keep you on speed dial, as we always do. 
Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking with you. Thanks, my friend. All right, folks. We'll go one more time. Go check out handsoffmystove.com. Really great website. You're going to love the logo. Actually, love the mission even more. Go check it out. Sign up today. Only 12 bucks a year, dollar a month. That's a great deal. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to wrap things up for the day right after these messages. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. So glad you can join us. Hey, a couple breaking headlines I just want to get you up to speed on as we were having these conversations with Congressman Troy Nels and Tim Stewart from the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. Some really interesting statistics and news and other things. First, Kentucky's legislature overrides its governor's veto of transgender care restrictions. That actually puts those transgender care restrictions into place. Rare for a legislature to override a governor, particularly in Kentucky. It happened today. A big defeat for Governor Brashear, a big win for Republicans who want to ban transgender surgeries and treatments on young children before they're really capable of making decisions because some of those treatments have lifelong consequences. That's a big moment just happened. Elon Musk, he's weighing in on a few things first. Twitter restored Marjorie Taylor Greene, her account. It had been suspended for a while over a tweet she made about the Tennessee shooting, but she's back online. It looks like the censorship and penalties are faster and smarter and quicker in Elon Musk's world. But also Elon Musk, he's joining some of the other biggest technical innovators in our world, the big big tech innovators, is calling for a pause on artificial intelligence experimentation, AI as they call it. A lot of ethical and business and security concerns about it. Check that story out. Elon Musk and other tech innovators call for a pause on AI experimentation. Charlotte Hazard has a lot of people talking about that right now. Some other things that are going on, and I think this one has the potential to be a pretty big deal as we get into the April season and the campaigns start heating up for 2024. The New York grand jury that was investigating Donald Trump and the alleged hush money, the Stormy Daniels matter, taking the whole next month off. No chance that any charges are going to be delayed. Donald Trump happy about that. He just weighed in with some pretty significant comments saying that he was glad that the prosecutors had come to their senses. That's a pretty big deal. If you want to learn more about Congressman Troy Nels's legislation, we have a whole story on the Medal of Honor recipient reward program that Congressman Troy Nels and some Democrats have joined in. That's a pretty big story, and one that has to be in there. Pope Francis, the leader of the Catholic Church, I'm Catholic, as you all know, he's going to be hospitalized for several days for a pulmonary infection. I know people are praying for him. It's a big announcement for the Vatican. The pontiff is in his 80s. He's had some health issues over the last few years. People watching closely. That situation will keep you up to date on that as much as we can. 
and a pretty big bipartisan vote in the U.S. Senate today, Democrat-led Senate. 66 to 30, they voted to repeal the military force authorizations that were made to fight the war in Iraq. That joins the House, and so that's heading to the president. That's a big deal. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Ted Cruz's comments to Secretary Mayorkas, your behavior is disgraceful, you should resign. They're still resonating at 24 hours later. A lot of people talking about that. You heard what Troy Nels had to say with that. And General Milley had quite the understated acknowledgement in the last few days. In testimony yesterday, I believe it was, he said that, to be honest with you, the United States and NATO oversight of the weapons it's sending to Ukraine may maybe not be as rigorous as you would think. Uh-huh. Well, that's what people have been worried about for quite some time. Members of Congress talking about it. He said it out loud, and I think that's getting a lot of attention. And finally, y'all want to know when the John Durham report's going to come out, when the investigation's going to wrap up. I don't expect any more prosecutions. But Attorney General Merrick Garland says the Durham report should be finished relatively soon. A lot of people I'm talking to think it might come out in May or June. We'll keep a close eye on that. But that's some of the breaking news happening around here. Oh, one more, because they're off to quite a start. Sarah Huckabee's Sanders tenure or era in Arkansas. Of course, her father, Mike Huckabee, was governor a few decades ago, two decades ago. Now his daughter holds the governor's seat that he once had. She's been off to a big start. One of those just occurred in the last 24 hours after, less than a month after passing historic school reform, universal school choice, education savings accounts, and things like that. Well, uh, Arkansas sued TikTok and some of the other social media companies for targeting children with harmful behavior and addiction tactics. So big lawsuit made up of Facebook, TikTok, among those named. The lawsuit accused those big tech social media platforms of pushing addictive platforms on Arkansas's children and teenagers. That's one other story that's getting a lot of attention right now in the news on justthenews.com. All right, folks, a big thank you to Congressman Nels, a big thank you to Tim Stewart. And oh, you're going to ask one more time, so let's not forget it. If you want to join the Keep Your Hands Off My Stove movement, right? If you want to go there and let the government know that you don't want them to taking your stove, your gas appliance, your grill on the back porch, uh, you can join what is known as the Hands Off My Stove movement. It's a new effort by the U.S. Oil and Gas Association to go check it out. It's got a great logo, by the way. Go check it out at handsoffmystove.com. Handsoffmystove.com. We mentioned it with Tim Stewart. A lot of you have been asking, and I've seen some tweets and Twitter and stuff. Yeah, go check that out. Handsoffmystove.com. Went live today. Go join it. It's a 501c4 nonprofit organization. It is designed put you and your rights in the driver's seat so you can protect your home and tell the government this is not the time to be taking people's gas stoves away, not the time to be taking their gas grills away. Yes, it's going on. San Francisco and New York already have it done. There's some many multiple efforts in the Biden administration, including targeting some of these gas appliances for regulations that would basically regulate them out of the market. You heard what Tim had to say. Go to handsoffmystove.com today. Join 12 bucks a year, dollar a month. A really interesting concept. And a lot of folks are uh, beginning to say, hey, this is crazy. Why are we doing this? My, my bills are already too high. My options are getting harder. I don't want an electric stove. Nothing against electric stoves. I want my gas stove. We've had them for centuries. Well, believe it or not, there's a movement to get rid of them. Handsoffmystove.com is one of the answers trying to respond to the marketplace grassroots, just like on ESG and on CRT, all the things that have happened at the school board level on 
environmental social governance investing that was putting some uh, investments at risk. Grassroots turned those around. I think the U.S. Oil and Gas Association is planning to turn this one around as well. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, expert politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.